our uh, message this morning, we kind of got a little bit out of order, and we didn't do our Hebrew word of the day. Um, and I don't have a slide for it, unfortunately, so you're going to have to trust that this is how it's spelled if you're keeping track. I know uh, Harper was writing down the Hebrew words and, and writing down this, which is so awesome. Like, how cool is that? Um, but the Hebrew word for today is... Batach. Batach. It almost sounds Klingon, right? It's a good, it's a good word. Batach. Um, and what it means, it's, it's the word for trust. B-E, in the, well, the English transliteration is B-E-T-A-C-H. And in Hebrew, it's the letters... Bait. Uh, that's a tav, and, or a chet, and, uh, no, yeah, tet, chet, sorry, that's my bad. Sure. I'll, I can spell for it if you need it. There you go. That's how it's spelled in Hebrew. Um, There's like multiple T letters. They For some reason, they have like three T letters. I don't get it. it, it you, you have a lot, you yeah. got to make different sounds with that T sound. Same sound. Well, so as we've been talking about, um, our our vision and mission as a church, LifeQuest Community Church. Last week we talked about the way, um, and and we the word for life was a couple of weeks ago, right? The word chaim uh, was a life, and then last week was what was our word last week for the way? Direct. Direct. Yep. So today is the tach, and there isn't a direct word in Hebrew for faith. As we start looking at our core values as a church, faith, family, friends, fun, and freedom, it'll be fun to find the Hebrew word for fun uh, when we get to that point. That'll be, that'll be good. But today, um, the word that we're using, uh, batach, is the word for trust. And it's the, the, the word that, that connects with, I'm putting my trust in you. I, I get that you have something that I don't and that you have strength and you have direction and I'm putting my trust in you. Like Proverbs um, 3, 4, and 5, that in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will lead your paths. That's part of the way, but that acknowledge part, that, that I trust that you know how to get me there. And when we think about faith for us, it's having that authentic faith in Jesus Christ. And that's one of the most important things that we can have is an authentic faith or a trust. Psalm 56 verse 4 says, In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust, my batach. Say that with me. Batach. I will not fear what flesh can do for me. And it, it has this meaning. You can sit down. Thank you for helping me with pronunciation. Um, you're looking great. You're good. You're good. There's, a, there's another word um, that goes along with it, Nathaniel, um, and I, maybe you can help me with it. But it's, it, So when we think about trust, we think about trusting. I trust that when I sit down on that chair, it's going to hold me up. Right? I trust that when I turn the key, the ignition is going to start. I trust that when we flip the switch, the sound system is going to work. Um, it's also another word that is associated with it is that it, it clings. So imagine a vine with a swollen, ripe um, 
melon hanging off of it, right? And the weight of the melon is pulling on the vine, but the, the melon is holding on to the vine. It's, it's, it trusts that that connection is going to source it with life. It's that same idea that, that, as, that even though as the melon is huge, just like maybe our problems seem to be huge and the vine seems small, we may not see God, but he is our strength and he is the one who nourishes us and protects us and provides for us. And so we put our batach in God. Amen? E, E is in boy, E is in Edward, T is in Thomas, A is in Apple, C as in Charlie, H as in Henry. I don't know. I don't know the military. Alpha Bravo Charlie. Hotel H is in hotel. Tango Bravo. I don't know. All right. Wow. A couple of, before we jump in again, just just a couple of quick announcements. Um, Wednesday night we start our brand new Bible study, American Campfire Revival, and I'm really excited about this. Uh, we're going to be doing it over at Cross Point, and I'm hoping that we'll have um, a, a, a full house. Um, if you're interested, it we are going to be taking the next. Uh, eight to ten weeks, and walking through some material, um, some of it based off of a book called The American Covenant. And it, it is a study that goes all the way back to the, the pilgrims and something called the Matrix, Liberty Matrix, that the pilgrims had a plan. When they came here, trying to escape religious persecution, what could God do in this new country, this new land. And there was a plan for faith. There was a plan for education. There was a plan for civics. And all of these things we have lost and forgotten because when our kids learn about the pilgrims in school, they think of big, goofy black hats and big belt buckles and, and, and turkey guns. And that's what we think of when we think of pilgrims. And um, so this study, we're going to start by going all the way back and looking at what did they intend when our, before the founding fathers, the founders, the pilgrims, when they came here, what was their hope of what God could do in a new country? And um, so we're going to start this Wednesday at Cross Point at 7 o'clock. Um, if you're interested in joining the class, I sent out an email. Um, there's a link in there, and if you click the link and register for the class, it doesn't cost anything to take the class. Um, but there is a study guide that you can download that goes along with all the material that we're be, we'll be covering. And um, we would love to have you there. And uh, it's going to be good. Check. We can try. We can try to record it. Yeah, I know because there's some conflicts because rangers are downstairs. Um, just to, well, I don't know, for little guys, that might be too much. Um, I was just going to say, uh, maybe we could have the older boys come up um, for a couple of weeks. If uh, We could talk about it. That's 
So, um, yeah, so American Campfire Revival uh, starts this Wednesday. It'll run uh, through the end of May. So it'll be our um, March, April, and May Wednesday night uh, weekly study. Um, Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come this morning. We need you. We need you to center our hearts. We need you to fill our minds. We need you to guide our steps and speak to us today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, it feels a little bit different in here this morning, and um, it's kind of the point, kind of going along with the message. This is the kind of room uh, when we think about uh, being in darkness it's hard to get this room dark, um, but we kept the lights down low and I brought in some accent lights just to kind of fill the, the room with a little ambiance as we think about being lights in the darkness, and, and that's what God calls us to be. Jesus said to the disciples that no one takes a light and hides it under a basket. He takes that light and he puts it up on a hill so that everyone can see it. And this morning, as we continue through the book of Ephesians, we're in Ephesians chapter 5 today, God calls us to shine as light in the darkness. He calls us to be those that, that live in the light. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. And Jake, I didn't load the whole thing, and that's okay. You don't have to worry about putting this up. I'm going to read the text for this morning, and then as we go back through the message, then those that are in present presenter will be where we go. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, uh, and we're going to start in verse 3, because we did verses 1 and 2 last weekend. It starts with this, let there be no sexual immorality, no impurity or greed among you, such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater. Worshipping the things of this world. Verse 6, he says, Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. Say that with me. People of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That is why it said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. 
and then he transitions to the next section in if your if your bible's broken up and you've got those little header sections that says living by the spirit's power so so we're called to live differently we're called to be a light in the darkness and then he says how to live as light in the darkness he says so now be careful how you live don't live like fools but like those who are wise make the most of every opportunity in these evil days, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. So this morning, three things, very, very simple things that we can pull out of this morning's passage that if we want to be a light in the world, this is how God's laid out the steps for you to do that, to be a light. And the first one is this, live wisely. Say that with me. Live wisely, right? There's a, a moment in Indiana Jones the Last Crusade, where they're in this chamber with all of these cups. And one of the cups in the room is the cup of Christ. It's the, the Holy Grail. It's the cup that supposedly one of the soldiers at the crucifixion caught the blood of Christ as it came down off of the, of the, the, the cross and Myth and legend say that if you drink out of this cup, you will live forever. It's the, like the fountain of youth. It's the Holy Grail. That's why we say oh, the Holy Grail. And so they're searching for the Holy Grail in this Indiana Jones movie. And the, the German who's trying to find the cup so that they can give it to, uh, to Hitler and the Nazis is walking through the room. And the, the old knight who's there to guard the cup says, choose wisely. And so the guy is this smart, brilliant, scientist, historian guy, and he's walking through the room, and he's looking for the cup of Christ. And there's fancy cups, and there's big cups, and there's small cups, and there's not-so-fancy cups, and jewels-encrusted, and he picks up this beautiful jewel-encrusted cup, and he says, this is the cup of a king. And he scoops it in the water and he drinks it and he thinks, ha ha, I found it. Until all of a sudden, right in classic Indiana Jones style, like bad things happen and he shrivels into a corpse and literally blows away in dust. And the knight says something that we say to our kids sometimes when they make bad choices. He chose poorly right and then india looks around and he says it's not going to be this and it's not going to be that it's not going to be fancy and he picks up this simple bland just brown clay pottery cup and he says this is the cup of a carpenter and he drinks from the cup and and the, the judge or the judge the knight says you've chosen wisely for us to live wisely, what, is that, 
What does that look like? You know, Paul warns the first century audience to not even have a hint of sexual immorality. That if we're going to live wisely, he jumps right in and says, look, let there be no sexual immorality, no impurity. And then he lumps something in that seems like you would think that would be enough. But then he says, and don't be greedy. Right? And he lumps them in with those that wrestle with sexual impurity and, and immorality. And, and, and so we, we have to be aware, especially now, today, in our sex-saturated culture. Unfortunately, our culture is not any more sex-saturated than the first century was because there were uh, all kinds of ways that you could live an immoral and an impure life. Uh, in, in many of the, the pagan worship practices, it was how you worshipped your gods. And so these people who have come out of this sex worship culture now have to learn how to worship God in a new way, how to live in a new way. And, and the idea of being sexually pure and not living immorally is completely contrary to the way everyone else in their world was living. It feels like today, where we are saturated with sexual content on TV and in movies and online, and, and he's saying, look, don't even let there be a hint of immorality or impurity. And so he, he connects those things. That, and and he, he, I, in verses 3, 4, and 5, Jake put those up for us. Um, he takes them and he puts them under one umbrella. He says, let there be no sexual immorality or impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. And then in verse 5, he wraps them all up. He says, so you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. It all falls underneath that umbrella of idolatry. And, and sometimes we have this disconnect with idolatry because we think that it means that we have to go to some temple and worship a, a statue, which is so foreign to us. But idolatry is easy. Idolatry is taking anything but God and saying, I'm going to give that all of my attention. I'm going to give that all of my effort, all of my, my desire. And that could be things. It can be money. It can be, it can be uh, things that, that we enjoy but then take it too far. Right? God wants us to enjoy life and to enjoy creation but there are some things in life where we can get a little obsessed about. And then that thing becomes all we can think about, all we can talk about, all that we, we fulfill ourselves with. And that replaces our need for God. And all of it, right? Greed, immorality, impurity falls under this idolatry umbrella. So we need to live wisely. And so these instructions that he's giving them, look, be care and, and again, it goes back to what Pastor Dave from Ohio said at the end of every message, uh, be careful what you watch. 
Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Right? That's how we live wisely. It's really these instructions, they're where the rubber meets the road in our sanctification as we, we walk out our faith, as we walk out our relationship with Jesus. That, that we have choices to make about what we watch and about what we, what we do and how we talk. And if we're trying to grow in the Lord, we have to be careful. We have to choose wisely. Say that with me. I've got to choose wisely. All right, that's number one. Number two, we need to expose darkness. Say that with me. Expose darkness. First, we need to choose wisely. Nextly, we need to expose darkness. I heard a story today that just made my heart smile. I don't know about you. I was talking with uh, Colin this morning, and he said that at work the other day, these people just walked out of the Brockport Walmart with three shopping carts full of stuff, and they actually had more stuff than they could fit in their car. And they handed the shopping cart back and said, we can't fit it all here, and gave the things that they couldn't steal and fit in the car back. Right? And there's nothing that Walmart can do. They just, because there's, they've, people have, it goes back to the day when I worked at Sears. And uh, there guys that worked in the stock room at Sears in the 80s, we all had gray shirts and had the Sears patch on it and our name on it, and they were all gray. And we had security, and they watched through those little bubbles in the ceiling. And when people would steal things, the security teams would call uh, over the PA system, Mr. Gray to the south entrance, Mr. Gray to... Uh, electronics, Mr. Gray, to the parking lot, uh, to the loading dock, whatever. And what that meant was we got to go tackle someone. And so you have all these gray-shirted teenagers racing through the store to the mall entrance, and whoever the security guy pointed to, wham, grab them, drag them back in. Um, But obviously that doesn't happen anymore. Because they got sued, probably, and then all of a sudden there was no more Mr. Gray. Um, But I I don't know, this is an anonymous story, none of you know this person, but they they witnessed women stealing from Old Navy in Henrietta. And this person was just like, I'm so sick and tired of people just watching people walk out of the store and another person in the car said, well, what are you going to do about it? And he said, I'm going to stop them. And this person chased them, like in a high-speed parking lot chase, until eventually they cornered them in the Henrietta Home Depot parking lot, and they, didn't, they couldn't get away. And so they opened up the doors and threw all the stolen stuff out and then took off. And, and so it was a citizen's arrest. It was exposing darkness. It was someone saying, I'm not going to just stand by and watch darkness win. And, and they picked up all the stolen clothing off the ground. It was dry in the parking lot uh, yesterday and took it all back to the store that it was stolen from. The people in the store didn't even know it was gone, didn't even know that it happened. Here's all the stuff that was stolen. Okay. 
Right? It's a good thing we don't know people like that. Matt Pascarella. Paul uses this imagery of light and darkness and saying, look, we are called into this world to, to shine a light, to stand up for darkness and, and say things that are wrong, they're wrong. It's okay to speak up and say that's not okay, right? That when you see something wrong happening around you, and now again, we're not saying that uh, you should jump in to situations you are not prepared for, but it's totally appropriate that when you are in a situation where someone is being mistreated, where darkness is happening, to stand up and say, that's not okay. That we're called to be a light and expose the darkness. He uses this imagery in, in, of light and darkness in verses 8 through 14. And, and that light exposes darkness. It, it turns it into light. And and we are called, as we are living our lives at school and at work and at the mall, that when we have the opportunity to be a light, we need to take that step of faith. Say, God, help me. Number one, we have to do what? Choose wisely or live wisely. Number two, we need to expose darkness. That's right. Um, number three, we need to be people who seek to please God. Look at what it says in verse 10. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. As we, we look at that whole passage from, from verses 8 through 14, he's saying, look, you were once full of darkness. You were, you were part of the problem. But now you have the light from the Lord. Live as people of light. In verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. This morning, we, we have this opportunity to, to walk in wisdom, to expose darkness, and to seek earnestly, to, to look for, God, how can I live a life that pleases you? Lord, the things that I do. And again, it doesn't mean that our salvation is based off of that, but that we, we want to, because of what he has done for us, because he has saved us, because he has delivered us, because he has healed us, because of all of the things that he has done. I, I, I almost want to go into the because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does, right? That, that he loves us so much that it's not that we have to please him. We get to please him. We want to please him. And how do we do that? How do we live that life that pleases God. Um, you know, we tell our kids and, and have told them um, multiple times that there isn't anything that you can do to make us love you any less. There isn't anything that you can do to make us love you any more. We love you with everything that we have. And we're proud of you. And it's the same with God. You can't do anything to earn God's love. 
Right? I'm not talking about living in a way so that if I live this way, God will like me, but that we will choose to live uh, in, a, in a, a lifestyle that honors God with our choices. And so fleeing immorality, fleeing greed, fleeing idolatry, being careful how we talk about each other, being careful of what we say, the jokes that we tell, right? All of those things are ways that we can live wisely and expose darkness and seek to please him with our lives. I think sometimes we forget that God is a person and that he, he knows you and he loves you and he wants to, you to know him. And part of that is God every day, how can I know you better today? Right? And, it, and it's, it's not one of those things I think sometimes we're like, well, why do I even bother to pray? Because God already knows everything. If he knows everything, he knows everything there is about me. He knows what I'm thinking and he knows what I'm going to do, uh, depending on your view of, of uh, free will. Um, why does God want us to pray? Why does God want us to, to daily spend time with him? It's because he wants to be in relationship with us. He wants us to share, God, this is, this is my day. And sometimes your day is good and sometimes your day is lousy. And he wants to be with you in both of those days. To walk with you, to help you, to choose and live wisely. To be with you, to empower you, to expose darkness. And that you would live a life that pleases him. Because when we live that way, your life will be better. That doesn't mean that all your problems will go away. But it means that when you go through those difficult times you know that you're, you've walked in integrity. And even when things don't go the right way, God's still with you in those difficult things. Right? Yesterday we were at uh, the Strong Museum of Play and uh, for the kid's birthday. I love when you're 19 and 21-year-old uh, adult children, when you ask them what do you want to do for your birthday, they pick the Strong Museum of Play. Right? It was awesome. And it was superhero day. It was superhero day. Um, so we got to meet Spider-Man, and he's skinny. He was the skinniest Spider-Man I ever saw in my life. Super nice kid. Great job. But, man, he was, like, he was very skinny Spider-Man. Wonder Woman was... Origami girl, definitely. She's definitely a superhero girl. Um, but Toby had his wallet stolen. Yeah. And uh, and so we were like, what what do we do, right? His his permit is in there. Our our medical insurance is in there. He had money in there. He had gift cards in there. Um, and we thought for sure that you know not only was his money gone, but his identity stolen. Um, and so we stopped at the back desk and said, hey, uh, we're, he, he had it with a lanyard hanging out of his pocket, and someone snagged it and just pulled it right out of his pocket, and he didn't even know. It was so busy, so crowded. And we're like, that wallet's gone. 
gone. Later in the day, we get a phone call that uh, they closed the Museum of Play, and they found his wallet. All of his money's gone, um, but his permit's not gone. Um, insurance card's not gone. Um, even when difficult things happen, God's still with us, and he still protects us, right? That um, was a hard day. Like, we walked out of the Strong Museum of Play pretty defeated and feeling like, man, we don't trust people. But we exposed darkness when we called it out, and 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 in a, in some way or for, shape or fashion, you know, God still had God's His protection, even though we walked through something difficult. So now, moving forward, we we've learned that you don't walk with your wallet attached to a lanyard hanging out of your pocket in busy public places, right? So you learn to to live wisely as you walk through difficult things. You learn to expose darkness when it happens, and Lord, that we, we seek to please him with our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, ultimately, we want to live lives that please you. So Lord, we ask that you would empower us to be those lights in the darkness, that you would help us to choose wisely, you would help us to expose darkness when it pops up around us and to be light to our family, to our friends, to our co-workers. And that, Lord, every day we would seek to please you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we close, just want to pray a prayer blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Have a fantastic day. Tomorrow's the first day of spring. Maybe. I mean, literally it is. It may not feel like it, but it's the days are longer. Uh, we come home from work and it's still light out. Those are all good things. Um, Wednesday night, if you can make it, we would love to have you at American Campfire Revival at uh, Cross Point Free Methodist Church. Blessings. Have a great week.